The Thriving Over Surviving podcast is for informational and inspirational purposes and not meant to be medical advice. Please consult your physician for any medical issues you may be facing. The opinions expressed by guests and advertisers are their own and not necessarily the opinions of Thriving Over Surviving podcast. In life, you gotta have fun. You just have to enjoy yourself. And if you're feeling down, call somebody, watch a fun movie, read a fun book, or just get outside, take a deep breath, and reset yourself. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses, but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. I'm your host, Edie Sahesian. I was diagnosed in 2015 with multiple sclerosis. I've learned a lot about MS in myself over the past few years, but the most important thing I realize is that I am going to live my best life. MS and other autoimmune diseases tend to be a bit of a bummer if we let them. So why not battle back by finding our joy? When I was 19, I went into a club with a couple of my friends and I was underage. It was an 18 and over club, but I was also very dumb. My friend and I went into the bathroom and saw a bunch of discarded drinks. And so if you're thinking that we drank them, yep. Yep, we did. And not long after that, I had just the worst cold symptoms, really crazy, weird fatigue, and I just wanted to sleep all the time. I couldn't shake it. So my mom brought me to the doctor who felt my spleen, which was severely enlarged, and quarantined me for six weeks with mononucleosis. Epstein-Barr is the virus that causes mono and is spread through saliva, which is why they call it the kissing disease. And it would be really nice if I had caught it that way. Maybe it would have been a little bit more worthwhile. But for a while now, people have been making connections between Epstein-Barr virus and MS. However, published on January 13th, 2022 in volume 375 of the Science Journal, published a longitudinal study which revealed a high prevalence of Epstein-Barr virus associated with MS. Anyways, it's all the MSers are talking about these days, and we should. Imagine now, at 15 years old, identical twin sisters are diagnosed with mono and hospitalized. We will begin our discussion today with Tamara and Terry, discussing their thoughts about these neuroclinical findings and get into some of their core values as well. Yes, today I have with me the twins coast to coast. They are here, you guys. I'm so excited. You know, we had Terry in the studio not that long ago, but now Tamara is here too. So let's chat it up with the twins. Hello, ladies. Hi. We are so excited to join you on this podcast today. Yes, thank you so much. And you know, the twins also made a special spotlight in my Christmas, 12 Days of Christmas video. They did such a great job. We had so much fun. It was so creative and fun. I was 
absolutely recommend anybody to go on your Instagram and look at that. That was just wonderful. Yeah, so great of all all of my my interviewees to add a little bit of Christmas cheer with us. But Tamara, it's really, really nice to have you with us today too. Well, I wanted to tell you just a little bit about, because you did bring up the Epstein bar virus, and that has been in the latest news. As you know, we have Instagram, and you can go on our Instagram link on the link tree, and it will tell you about our story when we were young and what led up to our diagnosis of MS. But to stay on topic with the Epstein-Barr virus, Terry and I, yes, were young. We were in high school. And like you said, I wish it's known as the kissing disease. And what a fun story it would be if we could say that we had these cute boyfriends and things uh, that we kissed, but that wasn't the case. It is a virus. We came down with it. We were both hospitalized at the same time and shared the same room together. Terry became a little more sick than I did, needed a little bit of oxygen and whatnot. It went right to her lungs at that time. So she was very ill. We recovered and did just fine and went on with our lives. But after that, it seemed like we did have some early signs of MS symptoms after the Epstein-Barr virus events. It certainly clicked on something with our immune system that that clicked it on. Terry, do you want to discuss some of the symptoms? We really had symptoms kind of prior to us being diagnosed with mono Epstein-Barr. We had symptoms really going back to much younger where we had growing pains and now we look back and you know we probably would have been diagnosed at 13 to 15 with MS at the time, but there was never really a link of like an aha moment for any of the doctors to say, well, the symptoms that you're having are MS related or, you know, the tingling you're having in your legs. After we had, we were hospitalized with mono, they didn't pieces together. But it's really exciting that this study has come out and that they are getting so close to really understanding MS in a different light. Because if they can figure this out, there's so many wonderful other studies that I know of because I've been inside working with the National MS Society on research, but they are doing wonderful things. So we're getting closer and closer. Absolutely. And they're also researching to where they can have a vaccine, hopefully in the near future to prevent people coming down with the Epstein-Barr virus, which be wonderful because I do truly believe with the scientific research that's just been released, it is a cause and triggers your immune system to attack uh, the good white blood cells in your nerves and your body. Yeah, I, I think I would especially recommend it for, not that it exists yet, but when it does, because I feel like it's on the way, that people that have others in their family with MS, definitely, because, you know, we have some history of hereditary transmission. And as you two know firsthand, I mean, you both have it. So Tamara, can you also share with us your diagnosis? Absolutely. Well, actually, Terry had the diagnosis before I did about three years before. But having said that, back in the late 90s, 
there wasn't a lot known about multiple sclerosis. Studies were just coming out, but my first initial aha moment that something may be of concern was I had just had my second baby in 1998. I have two daughters. One was born in February of 1997 and the other in 1998. And one day I was walking down the stairs with my babies, one in my right hand, one in my left hand, and I had some left arm weakness. Almost felt like I was going to drop a baby, but a mama's never going to drop the baby. So I got them safely where they needed, and I called my husband, and I said, the funniest thing just happened. My left arm was very weak, and maybe I could have MS like Terry. My husband, who is a physician, he's a radiologist, said, oh, Tamara, it's just in your head. You're having empathy pains for your sister. It's going to be okay, but why don't you come into the office Let's have a MRI, which is the machine that takes a picture of your brain, and we'll rule it out. So I went in, I laid down on the MR machine, and if anybody's been an MR machine, that was my first time I heard all the clapping and the noise and going into this, you know, tube. And that was an interesting experience. But when I came out and I walked into my husband's office, he looked at me with a very concerned eye and said, Tamara, it looks as though you have signs on your MRI that are consistent with multiple sclerosis. Wasn't a confirmation of diagnosis because I had to go to Stanford University for a workup. But at that time, I looked at my husband and I knew our lives were going to be forever changed. Our path was going to be changed. Went to Stanford University, saw a wonderful neurologist and had all the tests and it was confirmed that I had multiple sclerosis. Very unusual at the time, doctors back then didn't believe that twins could have MS, but we did. And that's how it all started for me, Edie. Wow. So Terry, gosh, could you imagine even now if they recognize that the, the mono has something to do with that, if they could maybe give us something too? <laughs> oh, it would have been phenomenal because... You know, not afraid to share our ages. We're 53. I was diagnosed at 25. And I think back, goodness, people who are diagnosed today have such a bright future ahead of them with all the research that had been done in 25 years. Multiple sclerosis is just now people know about it. They've heard about it. They can now also say, yes, I know somebody possibly living with MS. So we're so fortunate. There's a wealth of knowledge out there. Nobody wants a diagnosis of any health issues. But to be diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2022, people have a bright future. I tell all my MS warriors, whether you're diagnosed a week ago or you've been diagnosed for 30 years, we've got this. I mean, I'm in a wheelchair, but I embrace it. I name it. And we just have to enjoy our lives. And I am really big into research. I was on the Tisabri study for years, for over 10 years. Um, we had to stop, go back, stop, go back. But 
I love studies. So wealth of knowledge, I'm all for it. And we have a bright future and less warriors out there. Absolutely. But going back to Tamar's diagnosis, it was really just scary. It was for a whole family thinking, how in the world did the two of us both get a diagnosis of MS? Because like Tamara said, even my doctor at the time, he was so surprised when I went in and I said Tamara was just diagnosed. He got a look on his face like of worry and just could not believe. And he's been following every time I go in, he follows Tamara, he asks every single time, how is your sister doing and what medication is she on? So it's kind of fun. He treats her from afar. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. And it is, right, a family affair. And so getting into your core values, I know you had a, you both pretty much have a very close relationship, so much so that your values are, are pretty linked. Terry and I are so fortunate to have the connection of living with this disease together. We talk with each other every day, either by text or by phone. We understand what we're going through. Other people who are not living with MS don't always understand the pain and the different things that are unseen that really can cause a lot of pain and fatigue. The fatigue is huge. And I think us warriors talking about it, we all can relate and understand. And that's one of our wonderful core values that we have is that we value our family. We value each other in our relationship and we're very blessed to have one another. We really are. I think having MS together has really been a blessing because we can talk to each other about it and we're not judged. So if we're sad one day, we lift each other up and by the end of the conversation, we're feeling much better about the day and our circumstances. So we're very, very lucky. And our family's very supportive. Our daughters are in their mid twenties, early twenties, mid twenties, and they're so sweet. And they've grown up since they were babies with us being diagnosed with MS. And they are such sweet, empathetic girls who help always. And I feel very fortunate. Three of the four have gone into some sort of medicine. And the other one is also very sweet. She's the youngest one, my daughter. And she has gone, she lives in LA and she's gone into the, the film TV industry. But it's true when the children see you struggle through life, it's not great. If somebody says, if you're gonna share something as identical twins, We'd rather share an interest in art or music or traveling. Multiple sclerosis isn't the greatest thing to be able to share and talk about with, but that's the cards that we were dealt and we deal with it. And now our goal is just to share our knowledge, what it's like living with MS. We enjoy having people direct message us, ask us what it's like to live with MS. We tell them the real story. It's not always great, but you know, we find the good in it and you live your life and you don't give up, you keep going. And that's why Terry and I are very fortunate because we cheerlead each other on. Absolutely. And you know, you just 
guys, there's just the sweetest. And I see you on social media and you're like hugging and it's just lovely how, how close that you are and how supportive everybody is. And I was teasing Terry last time we were talking, like you guys have these great husbands and I I'm looking for one. Find a husband with humor who's witty and can roll with the punches in life because certainly when life is not always easy and somebody who's compassionate and loving, those are the characteristics you want to look into a person. Needy, it's, you know, I look at our husbands, Tamara's been married 29 years and I've been married 28 years and we were very fortunate. Our husbands are very lovely men, very sweet, they are not always calm, but they're sweet and they love us dearly. And they give us the sweetest looks or the sweetest kiss. If you're not feeling well, just to like make you feel better or they're like Tamara, Stephen is hilarious. So just come up and say something witty and you go, that was really funny. Now I feel better. Thank you for that. So it's just a lot of fun. It's not easy for your spouses to watch their loved ones, you know, deal with multiple sclerosis, especially for Terry and I in the last couple of years. Our progression has been fast. We went from walking with canes and walkers to needing assistance with motorized accessories and wheelchairs. And that's okay. You know, you just accept it. Husbands accept it and away you go. It's not an easy road. I don't know a lot of husbands that would stick around because it's difficult. It's tricky out there. Right. I have 24-hour care, have the sweetest people surrounding me. And you realize, gosh, just a few years ago, I was driving the car, working full-time, volunteering like crazy. And how did, wow, how did my life in five years, I'm now in, in a wheelchair. But then I wrote down, I write down goals. I know some people don't do goals. And in December, I always write my goals for the following year. And I really have to say, I meet almost every single one of them. I don't give myself a big list, but I always write three very important things down. One is usually in the volunteer area. Where can I volunteer and make a difference? The other is family. How am I going to improve myself? to be a better mom, a better wife for the next year. Especially being in a wheelchair, I have a lot of demands during the day. Make sure I don't get anxious or if I get upset or angry to just kind of take a breath and just, just roll it back in before I say something now. So I always give myself three obtainable goals that are pretty reachable. And then I'll, the third one is always something that is a reach. And I always told my girls, you always reach for something. You may not do it, but just reach for it and see where it go. So I think that has been a wonderful help for our family to be able to write these things down, discuss them. We're very open. It's funny. Our kids just, they're like, gosh, Aunt Terry, like Rachel the other night goes, I haven't heard these stories. You just have these wonderful stories to tell of growing up. I'm like, yes, because it's fun. She goes, yes, it's fun. But that's how we get through our day and our years, just with a lot of life and a lot of fun and our community that we have made. So, And I know that 
through the family and their support, it must really encourage you. Cause I, I heard you say that you, you know, and I know you do a lot of volunteering and right now I know that there's something that you're working on with the national MS society's leadership program. And so I'd love for you to share a little bit of that. So I am co-chair for the Georgia national MS society leadership class. And I've been co-chair for two years in a row. And the leadership class is for anybody who's interested in growing and learning with executives that are in the state of Georgia. So we meet with doctors. We'll go through the, the MS Center of Atlanta this year. We will take our class and meet the doctors we're actually going to have in person, which we're really excited about. And we'll tour the facility, which will include the IV infusion room, the physical therapy. We'll have a little conference and the conference room to talk a little bit about what MS is, because some people that have volunteered for the leadership class, this is their first exposure to multiple sclerosis. So it's a wonderful education program. We raise lots of funds. We raise $2,500 to $3,000 is what we ask the the members of the leadership class to, that's the goal. Not always do they reach the goal, but that's a goal. And believe it or not, three months is enough time to reach that goal. So it's wonderful. And I get so much joy because I was in the, the executive field for so long. It's really fun for me to educate, train, and to kind of lift these 30 and 40 year olds out into this world, learning just a little bit about how important it is to find ways for a cause that you're, that's really special to you and to make sure they understand that this money does go back into the National MS Society for fundraising and to develop research for a cure, hopefully for MS one day. There is a lot of things in the pipeline. I'm really excited. I just saw the latest report on research and my co-chair actually just came back from speaking on research. She's on the research committee for the National MS Society. So I've got a little in and we're looking really good for our MSers out there. I don't know if you listeners heard, but Terry said that she has around the clock care. But listen, none of this is stopping these women. They are out and about and making a difference. I love it. You can't feel sorry for yourself or get down. Now, believe me, I do shed some tears and I do sometimes get bummed out if I can't, sometimes I get so paralyzed, I can't move, nobody's around, take a deep breath so the anxiety doesn't creep in, and you just just go for it. Because what's the alternative? You're going to be miserable, unhappy, you're going to age, you won't have this glow. I don't want a wrinkle in my face because I'm mad at myself all the time. I want to be happy and feel good on the inside. So the outside reflects it. And absolutely, you try to find the fun in life, the peace in life. I'm so blessed I live in California by the water. Yesterday, it was a beautiful sunny day, and my husband had the day off, and it was just delightful. We went out, we had a margarita, and treated ourselves. And after I had one margarita, I decided to have two margaritas. Why not? In life, you got to have fun. You just have to enjoy yourself and don't, if you're, you're feeling down, call somebody, watch a fun movie, read a fun book, or just get outside, take a deep breath and reset yourself. 
you take that deep breath, right? Back up from your circumstance, take your deep breath and reset. And I heard you say, read a book. And I know that there's some book stuff in the pipeline. Who wants to talk about that? So we have three books coming out. They'll come out probably within a span of a year or two years apart. They will talk a little bit about a mom and her two twin daughters. And the mommy has multiple sclerosis. And the girls, we're going to do different age spans. So it'll start out with the girls being young. And then the second book will be teenage years into the early 20s, where the twins are growing up with a mom with multiple sclerosis and the changes in her body, et cetera. And then third book, book, I won't give too much detail, but it will continue on. So the mommy's name is Ivy. And the little girl's names are Poppy and Holly. And they'll all be wearing little bows that either have a holly in them or a poppy little flower or an ivy. Mommy will have an ivy always in her hair. So it's just kind of fun. It's going to be a very sweet book targeting children and young teenagers and even people that are our ages kind of explaining it to their grandchildren or what have you. It's going to be a very relatable book and it's going to come from our heart, it's coming from our experiences growing up because our mom was also sick when we were young and we're putting those into the book. So we're excited. And my daughter, Alexandra Horde, she goes by Allie Horde, will be doing all of the artwork for the book. So we're really excited about that. So shout out to Allie, our California girl, who is also an artist. That's right. No, it's going to be wonderful. And we're really looking forward to sharing the first book next year in 2023. Does Ellie do the caricatures of you guys? She does some of them, yes. And she also puts together some of our videos and our YouTube in the past, yes. Very talented girl, I love that. Yes, I mean, they're cute. And you know, making it a family affair, it's just living into what's important to you guys. That's right, right. One of the, the important things that we have on their platform is to reach out to us. We like to be their family and their support system because it's a difficult disease to go through and you need that help. So our core value is family, friends become family. Our caretakers become family. And I, I can't imagine, I mean, they do become your family and again, all of us, EDU too, you become a support system for those who don't have the help or afraid to ask in their family for help. So all of us, the three of us are all have wonderful platforms of letting our voice be heard and to be there for them in return. And isn't it just, it's nice to grow that family. And it's so lovely to feel like you're helping others. It's very rewarding. And it's just, to me, so as much fulfilling for me as it is for the other people that you're supporting. When I was talking to Terry a few months ago, I was just telling her, when I see you all on social media, you seem really nice and lovely and you do great things, but getting to talk to you like this is so special and realizing you guys are the sweetest. Aw, thank you. Thank you so much for having us and sharing our story today and talking about the Epstein-Barr virus and the scientific information coming out. It's very exciting because then they can work on making the vaccine to prevent it. 
and talking about core values in our family. It's just been wonderful. Excellent. Well, I think that we have a fourth book in the works because who knows, there might be a cure one day and we'd love for that to be a book too. I believe wholeheartedly that there will be a fourth book about that cure in our lifetime. Think about it. When I was diagnosed in 1995, my first DMT was Avonex. Avonex was just released in 1995. So think about it. You had beta Smeron, Avonex, and Sodromedrol were the three avenues FDA approved to treat multiple sclerosis. As of today, early 2022, we now have 22 approved DMTs for treating multiple sclerosis, which is phenomenal. So that's to treat now because they have so many treatments. Now they're going beyond and looking on how can we find that cure? How can we make these people better? There's so many fabulous things going on. So we've got it. MS Society, National MS Society, and to all the other doctors working around the world, we are so grateful to have to have the knowledge and the funding. And the funding is the most important. That's why fundraising has to be there. And people just can't sit by and just go, oh, well, Terry's going to give $25 to this, this fundraiser. Well, a dollar will work. 25 cents will work. It all adds up. So I'm very passionate about people participating in to our cause. So when I make an ask, people usually generally give me a gift. And I never put a dollar amount. I'm like, I, a dollar to $500, whatever it may be. Thank you, ladies, for being here today. Please, please tell everyone listening where they can find you. So this is Terry. You can go to our Instagram at Twins Coast to Coast. So you spell out Twins Coast, the number two coast. On there, you'll find our link tree. And on the link tree, it will connect you to our YouTube, to all of our stories, our blogs, etc. So that would probably be the best way to connect with us and also DM us. So that's the best way to get a hold of us. We always get so much out of talking to you guys. Thank you for all of your insight regarding the Epstein bar. I mean, I need to hear from us people, not just the doctors, about how we're feeling about it and what might be next down the line and where we're envisioning that this could possibly help our community. So it's very exciting stuff and we're living in this era of it and it's it's neat to see. So I, I just think you're the jam. And so again, thanks so much for being here. Please keep thriving. We will. Thank you. We think you're awesome. So keep up the good work. Everybody listening, if you'd like to learn more about your core values, please head on over to the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There's lots of resources there, a little quiz for you to take and figure out what really drives you to live your best life. Ladies, have a great one. Keep thriving. Thank you. Bye. See ya. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, my blog, and lots more. See you next time when we chat it up with another autoimmune warrior on the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. Keep thriving. Thriving.